And what needs to be reliable is not just our product, but it's our support team. It's the relationship that we build for the operator. It's our intention in the space that somebody can look at Sense and see us as a reliable partner, as a reliable platform, and a reliable player who's pushing the industry forward. On this episode of the SMB Tech Innovators podcast, my guest is Alex Joukowsky, co-founder and CEO of Sense, a venture-backed technology company revolutionizing the way that laundromats grow, manage, and understand their business. Alex, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. To start, tell us a little bit about your background, why you and your co-founders, Gillian Pramod, decided to launch Sense, and how Sense platform helps your customers. Yeah, well... You know, I have always had an affinity for the unsexy businesses. You know, I, growing up, I played really competitive baseball and I never, I never worked in the services space. I, I never worked in a small business. It was always something that I was very passionate about. But all I did was, was play baseball. And when I went to college in Orange County at Chapman University, I had the idea for my first business, which uh, was a Craigslist for college, a marketplace for college students. And I always saw there was a, a real demand for something like that, but realized that doing anything, getting college students to do anything that isn't Instagram or you know something like that is quite difficult and costly. And so, but but I knew there was a market for students that wanted to buy and sell safely and kind of this on-campus commercial environment. So we pivoted the business to actually be a B two B marketplace, selling this white labeled marketplace software directly to universities. And then having them create this kind of safe commercial environment or what we call processing student life commerce on campus. And that started with the peer-to-peer and then grew to meal plans and membership dues, event tickets, et cetera. And so you know, I went from being in college to dropping out of college and selling software back to the colleges that I dropped out of and then really got into the industry. And that was probably my first view into verticalized software in any way. And I never saw my last business as verticalized software in any kind of context. But that was when I realized that when you build something very specific for some kind of somewhat outdated industry, or not maybe not outdated, but underserved in terms of institutional technology and institutional software, you can make a massive impact. And the market can be huge, even if a, a typical investor might not see it right out of the gate. And so I built that business for about five years, ended up selling it to the largest mobile development platform in the space. And after selling that business and during the joining the parent company, I had I had just heard, you know, I was thinking about what I would want to do next after I, I spent my time there. And I had heard from a friend whose neighbor was the president of the Coin Laundry Association of New England, and that he made a killing in the laundromat space. And it's absolutely just fascinating to me. So obviously, the, the natural next step is to join the Coin Laundry Association, go, go to the Golden State chapter of the CLA banquet at an El Torito in San Leandro. And of course, what you do. And met a ton of operators in the space just wanting to buy a laundromat. Because I just, you know, maybe I buy three or four stores, 30% cash flow margins, not buying myself a job is kind of how I saw it. And the more I talked to these operators, the more I understood how sophisticated the industry was, how it's pushing forward, that they're really seeing this wave and somewhat renaissance of SMB tech and verticalized software. That's when it really started to click to me of, wait a second, maybe my path isn't to 
run a bunch of laundromats in San Francisco and be the, the laundry guy in San Francisco, but actually build something for these operators. And that's when Gillian Promote and I put our heads together and thought more critically of what does it really take to support a small business owner? And, and Gilly, who was on the, the team that built Ivy, their COO and, and co-founder, which is the, you know, the largest business management invoicing system for interior designers, right? And Promote that owns small businesses and, and has been in the technology space for so long. We all came at it from very different angles, but everything was around building the best product and very product first. So you were ready to retire from tech and, and just get into kind of a, a very basic, just be a small business owner for a while. Well, you know, I think that whenever you have an idea for any kind of business, at least in my experience, it's never because you're hunting for the idea. I never wanted to build a business because I just wanted to build a business and I didn't know what it was. It was always a, some kind of purpose driven. I had an experience that caused me to look at something differently. And I, my own theory is that there are very few unique ideas that have never been thought about, right? It's just your experience and your willingness to try it and do something a little bit differently. And I'd even argue that if you're doing something that hasn't been done before, you know, maybe, maybe that's an amazing feat and nobody has really done it, but usually there's a good reason for that. And so you have to approach it in different ways. And that was the first thing that we really focused on was the approach of building a different kind of business in this industry, which is, you know, which a a lot of operators and I think small business owners as a whole They've lost a lot of trust because I think they've been in many ways let down by tech companies that say they're going to build something for them and they are early adopters and people don't come through or their prices is high or it just didn't create an environment for a lot of small business owners to give a lot of trust to software. Whether it's what are they going to do with my data or are they going to be around because I see all these startups going out of business or are they really building for our industry or just general and they're focusing on us? And in an industry like laundry, which is $40 billion in size, and you have close to 80,000 rooftops between laundromats and dry cleaners, very stable, but it is a close-knit community. Mm -hmm. The most important thing is to focus on the relationships that you build with the operators. Because what I also learned and the unique nature of building my last company was I was a college student and I experienced the poor commercial experience of buying anything on campus online. And I wasn't a laundromat owner. I wanted to buy one. I was fascinated and extremely passionate about the industry, but I wasn't a laundromat owner. I wasn't attendant. And yeah, sure. I was a customer at times, but I didn't have that domain expertise. And to really have a powerful product in the space is you have to feel the pain. You have to know what it's like. And so the first thing I did was talk to as many laundromat owners as I could, work the counters of stores, travel all around the country. We spent time mm-hmm. in, in New York with one of the biggest laundromat owners in the country who let us work inside of his stores, interview employees and customers, how they ran their operations. Because that's that's actually how you build SMB tech is is by thinking like an owner and an operator. That's fascinating. So, I mean, you had mentioned earlier that you felt like a lot of small, medium businesses are underserved by tech. You were thinking about getting into this industry yourself. You decided, actually, I'd like to serve them with a tech product. But you started by going kind of to ground truth, by being the operator, in essence, for a little while. Let Let me ask then, what do you think was the biggest learning curve? And maybe if you compare kind of your last company focused on college students and kind of a B2B sale, white labeling the platform for different universities. When you think about switching to serving a small, medium business market, what was the biggest learning curve for you? 
I think that in enterprise, so, so my last business was more enterprise SaaS, right? It was larger contracts to more bureaucratic institutions. It was a formal sales pitch. You had exactly who you were selling to, and it was pretty consistent. If you're selling into student life or you're selling into the CIO's office or you're selling into residential, like, wherever you were selling, even to the bookstores, you kind of knew the persona of who you were selling to. You crafted your pitch and it was, I wouldn't say rinse and repeat. Of course, it's always different, but What's so cool about SMBs, and I would say in particular laundromats and dry cleaners, is operators are so diverse and so unique. And there isn't one sales pitch or one conversation like another. And I think when I first started out, I was, you know, and I was doing all the sales, I said, here's the little script I wrote myself, and I could pick up the phone and sell everybody the same way and tell them, hey, you know, that those generic tools that you've been familiar with that have kind of paved the way for you to be comfortable with software, let me tell you about a specific tool that's going to help you in your business. And I think operators certainly heard me, but I think they probably saw it a little bit more as lip service and not somebody that really wanted to understand their business myself. And so I think the biggest learning curve was realizing that to sell an operator on on, on our product, it wasn't just to tell them about our product. It was for us to understand their business and for them to understand our why. Why are we doing what we're doing? Why do we care so much about partnering with an operator? Why do we get up every day? I mean, nobody on our team, maybe a, a couple folks at this point who are early customers and joined our team, but nobody else on our team has any experience in the laundry industry. Mm-hmm. And we want to, it's very important for us to convey why we care so much. Why does our DevOps lead come from Nike to a vertical SaaS platform for laundromats and dry cleaners? Why does that happen? I think that was the biggest learning curve. But one of my favorite elements of the business was that we, this SMB tech and this kind of platform doing with operators, it enables us to build real genuine relationships with our customers. And we really don't view them as customers. We do view them as partners and we want to be the same. And that's, that was the big learning curve. And, and it felt much more transactional in, in higher ed. And, you know, you fill out the RFP, you go through the sale, you go through your security audits and you, you make the sale, there's implementation and you move on. And it's not really this one-to-one, you know, I have drinks with our operators that are in New York where they come to our office and they hang out and it's, we can really build these relationships. And I think that was an amazing learning curve and something that's been instilled in, in the DNA of our business. I think that's fascinating to say, you know, folks think of, hey, enterprise is always custom and SMB sale is almost like a consumer sale. It's almost, it needs to be almost automated. And I hear you saying exactly the opposite. The unique part about us selling to SMBs is to really understand each one is a business, just like each enterprise is a business with their own unique needs. And you really need to understand those needs and partner with them rather than look at them as just one of another hundred thousand customers that you're selling to in an automated fashion. It's exactly right. And of course, it depends on the product and what you're trying to do. For us, we're not just an, we're not an ad system and we're not a business that can, you know, move quickly and break things and be, you know, that tech business. Like we are for our customers, their operating system, the system of record, the way their businesses are run. And with SMBs, you realize that the money flowing through our payment rails is not just money going into a corporation. That's college tuition. That's paying down the mortgage. That's their summer house. That's their Christmas gifts. That's food on their table. And so the responsibility that you have as the software provider is to not be transactional. 
is to build relationships, provide resources, be a partner. And that's the unique element to me of verticalized SMB tech. And I think that an important point to zone in on is the verticalization. And, you know, you take these generic SMB tech and generic payments tools that have paved the way for a company like Sense to be able to exist. Because something like Square or Stripe or even at the time Open Table, but you know, which is I'd say I'd say still more verticalized, but you take generic tools, let's just say Square or Stripe, that service any industry, but were accessible and invested so much into their SMB experience and the end customer experience. Yes. Where operators and small business owners started to realize, wait, I can get this level to access of software technology and payments for a low price, that's great. And then they start to get familiar with the power of software. So we're not really ever selling them something that they have to wrap their head around. They've seen this before. They've seen it in either other industries or when they just go about their lives. And so these generic tools pave the way for verticalized tools to then go to that operator and say, hey, I know you're familiar or you use these generic tools to Frankenstein your operations together. But now I can deliver you specific to your business and specific to you, the best tool to run every side of your business. That's the importance of building the personal relationship is because it's not just that system of record. It's not just that one-time sale. Our mission and our, frankly, our responsibility is to continue to build product that serves every aspect of themselves and their business. And of course, the additional personas to their employees, their managers, their customers, their commercial accounts, their one-time visitors, their, they, everybody associated to their business. And it all starts with building the personal relationship from the start with that business owner. And I love that because especially as you dig into, there's a responsibility here. This is not the type of tech where we're moved fast and break things. We're dealing with people's lives and livelihoods, so on and so forth. It's really important to do it right. And I think that actually is a great segue. If you look at, um, you all were featured in a uh, recent report from uh, Bessemer Venture Partners, their uh, 2022 State of the Cloud report, alongside the likes of Brex, Ramp, Lasso. So first off, congrats on that. Yeah, Bessemer has been incredible partners and such thought leaders in not just the, the financial opportunity of building verticalized software, but... And, and the playbook on how to do it, but such an emphasis on product and such an emphasis on customer. And you see that across their portfolio and, then, and, and the companies that they highlight. Yep. Well, so it's interesting. I thought that report, they kind of talk about how companies like Sense are using embedded fintech products to build what typically are seen as second act features. And by that, it's typically sort of the indirect, what they call indirect monetization types of opportunities which I think they're contrasting from the core, just operational features of products that are built into a platform. Kind of what you're talking about, very, very verticalized, hyper-verticalized or purpose-built features and products. So maybe talk a little bit about that. Do you see a difference in how you think about the strategy for Sense between what you consider, say, an operational feature versus a fintech or sort of a, a secondary feature or product? 
You know, it's so interesting. And I think the state of the cloud report highlights it so well is the second acts, that next step your business can take when you really have strong market penetration and your core product is widely distributed. Then you can start to layer on these additional tools. And typically it's been quite a challenge to do that because you usually have to buy it from another company or a smart startup if you're big enough, or you got to build it yourselves. And there's exposure in terms of the the cost it's going to take, the risk to execute on that product, the time it's going to take, and the prioritization away from something else that could be more fruitful or impactful to the operators. Yes. But with the rise of not just, of course, the vertical SaaS, there are companies like Gusto that realize, wait a minute, we can take the, in- the infrastructure we've built either as a company from day one or purposely built for these you know, platforms and vertical SaaS providers and give the opportunity for a business like ours that's been around really in the market for a year and a half, close maybe close to two years, really, when we started really growing about a year and a half ago, gives us the ability to launch a payroll product as still a young company with very little risk associated to us. And if we started our company today, if since launched today, we could have built part of our core offering operationally, payroll as a service, which is a wild thought and could never have happened even a year ago. And when I think about, even let's just take payroll as an example, but talk about embedded credit card solutions or things like that, the idea of having that in the first iteration of a product would be psychotic because it's so much work and so much risk and so much complexity to be able to execute on something like that. And for us, I'd say I I do see definitely a differentiation between the operational tools and the fintech tools. But to me, they matter not on which one you start with as much. Every Different industries have different needs. Some are online payments and send invoices. Some are, you know, in, in ours, we really focused on the operations, because wash and fold in particular is not a, it's not complex, but it's operationally heavy. Pickup and delivery laundry, there's both a pickup and a return delivery. It's one of the only recurring commercial services that a, that a consumer engages in on a frequent basis that has both a pickup and a return delivery versus just from merchant to customer. And so there are these operational, I'd say it's operationally heavy and maybe some nuances. And so we really focused on just owning in on that and making the operations of a store so great. But of course, our main goal and really our, our only goal is to, re- to be that all-in-one solution. And the embedded tools enable us to do that. And so we don't want to just have an individual product supporting an operator. We want to be able to support every aspect of their business. And that's how their employees get paid. That's how they raise money to uh, gain capital to actually buy their next store. That's how the operations of their store are running. It's how their customers experience their brand. And I'd say in laundry in particular, how do we take an industry that is somewhat seen like a commodity business where laundromat A and laundromat B have the exact same product? How do we make it a services business? Because that's really what it, it can and should be and how so many operators are pushing to provide a real service. And I think software plays such a huge role in that. What I hear you say is when you look at it from your perspective, when you're building that platform for folks, it would be crazy in the past to try and build that all-in-one solution or that business-in-a-box solution from scratch. Now, today, you could feasibly do that. 
but there's clearly a lot of power in that for your customers. That's it, it seems like if you could do that or when you can offer that, that's when something really changes. Uh, you give your customers the ability or your partners the ability to, to think about, to think about their business differently. If you went to an investor and you said, here's all the stuff we're going to do, they're going to say, focus on one thing and do it the best, right? Because that's how you win now. And I've always thought that if you have a great team and you have the resources to do so and great partners like Gusto, we can focus on one thing, but we can sprinkle in some other stuff while we're focusing there that, that can help us get to that all-in-one solution a hell, a hell of a lot faster. I mean, Stripe is another great example. I mean, couldn't imagine building an e-commerce product or a point-of-sale product in the way that we're able to build it without a tool like that. I mean, think of before Stripe building any kind of payments platform was quite difficult, quite challenging. And that's mm-hmm. how they really hit their stride is creating entrepreneurs by through building accessible payment tools. And I think that's what Gusto is enabling so much. And the rise of these embedded tools, it enables you to do more out of the gate or do more faster. And who does that end up helping? What really matters at all? It goes back to benefit the business owner and the small business owner because consolidation in tools makes it so a business owner can wake up in the morning, go into one system and do everything opposed to having seven tabs up and different logins and you're paying different prices to different to different tools. You're actually spending more money. Things are falling through the cracks. You also have pen and paper here. The more you can centralize and consolidate your operations, the more efficient you can run, the cheaper those tools can be. And, and then that's how you can really grow and then scale your business. But the consolidation and the centralization is the first key to doing that. And it is the software company's responsibility to put the small business owner in the best position to do that easily. Not just do it for the sake of saying, hey, here's an all-in-one solution, but actually make it easy and actually make it simple. Well, I love that. And I think it's really important as a tech player, or when you look across tech, everybody is disrupting something or revolutionizing something. But listening to some of the customer stories, listening to Waleed from Soapbox, listening to Ariana from Landre, some of these customers who are working with Sense Platform, it's clear that their business is now as tech-enabled, frankly, as yours or mine. Let's talk a little bit about the before-after difference for your partner, i.e. your customer, somebody who ado- a laundry business who adopts Sense Platform. Is it more to do with the day-to-day operations? Does that feel like an accurate way to dig in? Or, or maybe talk a little bit as well as how you see the impact from operations to that financial piece and then, of course, to how they just understand their business better. Well, I'll, I'll first say that, you know, as a tech company, we always want to be disrupting and revolutionizing. Our team is full of visionaries who have these amazing ideas and thoughts for how we can unlock so many new opportunities for our business owners. But the first thing I think is putting yourself in the shoes of the small business owner that is not tech-enabled, that hasn't invested in a software system before. And they hear, hear the term disruption. They hear the term revolution. And it strikes a little bit of fear because they've been running their business maybe for 20 years and they want to make it better. But the, the, the disruption of the revolution feels like we're going to take their business and do something different with it. And really, I think what's so important for, for specifically for SMB tech is to build a product that meets an operator where they are today. Because the only way that an operator can grow is if they want to grow. 
is if they want to do that. And the first step is making sure that they have a product that works with them today and builds comfort and can help them in the smallest of ways out of the gate. And from there, if you build the product right, it's a product that grows with them at their speed. Our fate is directly intertwined with the fate of our operator. And you know, I'd like to think that we're making some kind of wave, but I think the industry as whole, the tide is rising on this industry. And a rising tide lifts all boats. And it's our responsibility to make sure every boat is floating along that along that wave as, as much as possible. So the first side of it is, while we feel a lot of responsibility to make sure that um, we are driving innovation in the space, we want to make it really clear to our operators that the first thing, first things first is we want to make this accessible, easy to learn, fast to learn, easy to use. For their attendance, maybe English is a second language. For their customers, very low income, underbanked. And for the small business owners, immigrant owners, mom and pop shops, where they're just really starting to see the possibilities of technology. Now, when we think about the actual, you know, how we see the impact, when I look at a Walid and an Ariana who represent so much of what is great about this industry of people looking at their business and, and wanting to do more. That doesn't mean increase the size of your store. That doesn't even mean buy a second store. What I love about Walid is he has a sign in his store that says seven by seven. He wants to do seven figures in 700 square feet. And that's his store. And he's on his way there since using sense. And that's, that's the mentality because it's small business owners will find ways to do things creatively if they have the tools. And for us, when we think about the impacts, let's take the gig economy, right? We're working with a, a, a many different logistics companies. We started with DoorDash and now starting to work with a variety of different companies to support on-demand logistics for operators so they don't have the capex of delivery. They don't have the upfront cost to buy a van and hire a driver. And that enables you to put your money in other places like marketing, like the services. I mean, some of the things that the soapbox does of when you buy socks at a, at a department store and they're wrapped with that cardboard and he has them wrapped with that cardboard with his logo that does a lavender scented bags with his clothes. I mean, the things they do are so creative and what he provides is a service-based business an incredible brand, even if it's you know, inside of a 700 square foot store. And that's where we really get to see the impact of our mobile order experience, our on-demand logistics, our process management for, for efficiencies where he can get the most out of his labor, the ability to get access to capital when he needs it. Of course, the ability to pay his employees and schedule and track the tasks in which they're completing. And that's when we got to see all the different sides and impacts. Ariana at, at Laundre since adopting Sense has increased revenue on a monthly basis by close to four times. And we can see it again, very clearly. She's able to do more with less. She can spend less time at her store without sacrificing any quality. She can launch new services, new service types, same day with delivery and be more dynamic on price and reach new customers and really start to focus on the marketing of her business to get it out there. And so I think there are so many interesting impacts that we see our business has on a small business owner in Tampa, in San Francisco, in New York, and, and obviously more populated cities, they have a lot more access to do things. But we have operators in Detroit, in Iowa, in Arizona, all, all over the country who have attendants that have been, that are in their eighties that have been working at this laundromat for 20 plus years who say they've never had an easier time at their job. 
It's not just the relationships we build with our operators. It's the relationships we're able to build with the attendance at the store, with the people actually using our product. And so that's what gets us so excited about additional tools like embedded payroll in particular, because it's a further investment into the attendance, our real power users inside of the stores, our greatest retention tools. If an operator is, hey, I, you know, just bought cents and they're wondering what is the value, the best way to see the value is to talk to your employees that are boots in the ground using it. So when we, when we look at impact, we see it in so many different ways. And uh, it's the most, the most meaningful metric to track all of these different things. That's incredible. And yeah, the passion that you have just comes through clearly, and I'm sure that's shared with the rest of the team. It's interesting. You talked about, hey, every small business is unique, and there's a lot of diversity in how you need to serve these. And yet, you need to really deliver value where a customer is at today and help grow with them. Like That's what makes a product really successful, especially a hyper-verticalized or verticalized SaaS product. There's also... You and I had dinner... And you mentioned how there's an incredible diversity of different laundry businesses from laundromats, dry cleaners to, to the more commercial folks working in hospitality. Was there a moment where you knew early on that to you was like, this is product market fit. This to you, this means that, that this, is a, this is the seed of value that we're going to build on. It's interesting because I think my answer to that would be probably different than you'd expect because I think it was very clear what an operator is doing. And fortunately, we were not the first to ever do this. So we got to see all these kind of legacy providers and other small business owners products built by other laundromat owners, which is the greatest validation tool when the old products in the space were built by operators that saw the problem. So I, I think we, we felt pretty strong conviction over the, the initial product that we built. But when I really started to... Like when I first saw the product market fit was just a conversation I had with the operator who runs the store in San Francisco. And what he said to me was, if you just build this and it works, the industry will love you. And the thing that I think struck me so much was just the emphasis of it just needs to work. It just needs to be reliable. And so when we think about product market fit, obviously that's not the typical answer. But I think what it made me realize is that because this industry is so, I'd say, both underserved, but I think has been treated somewhat poorly by other players in the space, what operators really want is just somebody who's going to be there and a platform that can work. And of course, look, we're a startup. We have to move quickly because there are so many different things that an operator needs today. And we are not without fault. You know, a card reader doesn't connect and it's a third party device that we can't handle. But the commitment is that we can fix things quickly when they come up. But, but again, that's, that's the point. It's not that we have to be perfect all the time. And of course, that's our mission is to be perfect all the time, but it's to build something that's reliable. And what needs to be reliable is not just our product, but it's our support team. It's the relationship that we build for the operator. It's our intention in the space that somebody can look at sense and see us as a reliable partner as a reliable platform and a reliable player who's pushing the industry forward. And that was the moment to me where I realized this is a really special opportunity for us to be in this space. And everybody on our team sees it that way. We see it as a true opportunity. And we feel like it's, it's an opportunity that's, that we feel an immense amount of responsibility to execute on and to deliver on the trust and investment given to us by our operators 
all over the country. And so that's why we, we push so hard. And sometimes that can ruffle feathers and, and we know that, but we just feel such incredible passion to be that reliable partner and platform for operators to, and that's how I know we will not just have product market fit, but longevity in this great industry. I have to imagine that's the reason Bessemer and others call out sense in particular. And let me ask you, I think that report mentioned there's about 2% of the laundry industry that's adopted a quote, modern solution. That means it's a huge opportunity for you all, but also there's a lot of people out there that you need to persuade, need to get in front of. So maybe as a last question, how do you think about giving sense competitive advantage as you go out? I mean, that big of an opportunity, there's got to be other folks who are out there. What are you doing different? How do you think about making sure that you have something that's defensible as you go and attack this huge opportunity? For us, we, we have a, a well-defined roadmap and playbook internally. But I will say that how we really differentiate and how I think we've secured such a real differentiation in the market is that our operators have really built our product and have helped drive the product development so much. We are on the phones with operators all the time, every week, from the happiest to the least happy to make sure we understand what is going on so we can build the best product. But I think, look, the biggest differentiation, and and this is going to be announced somewhat soon, we've kept it very under the radar, is when we talk about all-in-one solutions, in the laundry industry in particular, what no software company is able to capture or interact with in any way universally are the most reliable workers in the store, and that's the machines and the actual assets that cost so much money and take so much investment. And they are the lifeblood. They are the workhorses. They are the ones driving the revenue of your store. And to build that all-in-one solution, you have to have the connection there. And so we have invested seven figures, so much time, resources, and money in developing our own internal hardware units in order to actually interact with those machines and tie it in to the overall operating system. And that's, of course, to offer accessible, modernized payments to the end customer to enable employees to interact with machines without coins and cards or anything like that and give the business owner complete visibility into not just what machine turns, but why it turns and kind of unlock that why about their business they've really never been able to see before. And that's so important to us to unlock that kind of tech, that kind of opportunity because it is the missing piece and it has really never been done before. And so when we think about differentiation, sure, that's never been done before. That's a unique thing that we, given the capital we've, we've been able to raise and the growth we've been able to sustain, have been able to make that investment. But the differentiation really at the core is the way that we think. I mean, I look at every, you know everything we do and everything we post, some company in the industry will copy us, whether it's a partnership, a, a graphic, a website, a co- you know, somebody will copy us. And, and that's, that's how it should be. Mm-hmm. That's business. But the powerful thing for us is that we have such strong conviction in the industry and how we think. And that's what makes us different is the kind of relationships we build with the operators, our care over the long-term value that we build, our product goal of not just building a point of sale, not just building a software system for a laundromat owner or dry cleaner, but creating a platform, a all-in-one, the business-in-a-box tool that can enable an operator to really grow, manage, and understand their business like they've never been able to before. But with SMBs, 
It's all about the people. And our customers, and that's what I love so much about our customers who talk about the personal relationships they have with our 24-7 support team, with our in-house team, when they come visit our office, when we see them at conferences. And I really do think that has been such a differentiator for us as a business to be able to attract such high caliber talent to our company, Mm -hmm. but also how we're able to sustain such meaningful relationships with our customers is the kind of business that we built and and the relationships we get to have with with our business owners. Well, and I feel like if I could sum up what I think I've heard you said, it's first, listen to your customers. Second, really deliver value. Mm -hmm. Make sure it reliably works. And three, you're incorporating the entire business. That's what you talked about by including the analytics from the machines and how that's operated. That's a piece of the business. feels like if you can bring that in, that's the true all-in-one solution. You talked about employees. You talked about taking payments for folks in managing the entire cash flow. Like Really think holistically about how the business runs and bring that into the solution. And in our industry in particular, it's really, really unique because you have a small business owner could have self-serve business, dry cleaning business, wash and fold and over-the-counter sales with products. They have pickup and delivery and they have commercial. And in every single one of those subsets, you could really have a different customer profile, a different price, a different structure. And never before has there ever been a system that allows you to not just centralize all all of those payments in one and all of that data and, and information, but the actual operational tracking and process of every single side of your business and create not just, of course, manage that on the business side, but create the best experience for the end customer in that process. And that you know, there are yes. few SMBs that have such a wide range of different revenue streams while operating out of the same store and nothing really different, but just different personas and different types of interactions with your business. And, and so that's what makes it so unique and fun on a product side because we have so much to build. And so much cool. And we're never even close to done. And our operators, the ones that give us so many great ideas, but seeing how many different sides of, of this industry can also grow. It's an amazing industry, but underperforms what we know it could. And so we're not just excited to, to help our business owners yes. today, but to actually grow the amount of money coming to the industry, the size of this industry, the total addressable market, grow it. Because that's, the, I think, the, the really exciting opportunity that, that we have. You know, just based on timing and position and, and everything. It's just, it's, it's a lot of fun. Of course. Well, I, Alex, I think you and the team are taking what has traditionally been the bane of a small business, the operations, and turning into a superpower. And that's, you know, we don't want to talk too much about revolutionizing or disrupting, but that's what's incredible about how you can change lives for these customers. And you're building an incredible vertical SaaS business. And I, for one, just can't wait to see how it continues to grow and the change that you can impact as we go forward. Absolutely. Alex, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And for the audience, we'll link to all the resources that we mentioned in the show in the notes. Thank you for listening and keep an eye out for the next episode. 